Hello and welcome to Style and Substance, a branding and business podcast for inspired and empowered entrepreneurs. I'm Elizabeth Cairns and together with my fabulous co-host Fiona Humberstone, we're here to help you sidestep the hustle, keep joy at the forefront of your work and champion a more meaningful and sustainable approach to business. We'll talk about everything from purpose to productivity, from colour psychology to creativity, where to start and how to keep going, how to stay inspired, empowered, and more importantly, sane in the process. We hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please like, share, subscribe, and keep listening. Hello, lovely folks. Just a quick spoiler alert in this episode. If anyone listens to the podcast with little ears in tow, around 14 minutes, there is little mention of our friend the elf on the shelf. And so you may want to skip, pause or delay for later if you've got little ears in the car. Anyway, on with the show. Hello folks, welcome back to the show and the penultimate episode of season six and a year. Where has that gone? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? But then also, doesn't January just feel like about five years ago? Yeah, well, it's funny, I was having this conversation with the kids in the car on the way home the other day, and CJ went, oh my God, Christmas is here again. That's gone so quick. And actually, I do feel that. I feel like this time last year was a moment away. Yeah. But then actually, when I start to reflect on the year... It's been a long one. Yes. Yes. And we'll get to that next week. We will. In the meantime, what are we talking about today? Well, today, we're talking about carving out moments of calm in the madness and um, and how we cope in all the chaos. Because <laughs> I think it's how bit... timely. How <laughs> timely. Because it is a bit mad this time of year, isn't it? I mean, yeah. there's a lot going on. Unusually for me, I've got a lot more work in December than I usually have in December so that adds another layer for me but Mm. we're sort of chugging along business as usual whatever business as usual looks like and then we've got all this other stuff haven't we that starts to come in that some people really plan for I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that said something like um to that person who's asking me am I prepared for Christmas this was like in November I just want to turn around and say no I'm not even prepared for today yeah, yeah. I think that's sort of the general. <laughs> Is that one of those no seasons? Yeah, I'm not. Even, yeah, I love those. <laughs> so I'm someone that generally will plan her Christmas everything in August. Wowzy! I love Christmas. I love it. I love hosting. I love cooking. I love making it really magical and special. And although I'm not doing. Christmas presents in August. Mm. I save that till November. Um, I am definitely looking through my notebooks from Christmas has gone by, looking at what worked, what didn't. There's a theme here, isn't there? <laughs> and what I want to do for this Christmas, what I want to shake up, yeah. what food I want to do differently. Wow. And for many reasons, I didn't do it this August. So I really now feel on the back foot. <laughs> Most of you listening to this will be going, who is this strange who is alien she? creature who has sketchbooks for every Christmas? They are a joy to behold. We should put some photos on there, actually on, on Instagram of your Christmas sketchbooks. They are beautiful. Um, yeah, no, I don't do that in August. I think I, I, I don't do it like I used to and go out and get all my presents on Christmas Eve. 
like I did several years ago. Yeah. I'm probably, yeah, somewhere in between those two extremes. But I'm noticing that there's a lot of overwhelm at the moment with people. And for me, there's this balancing of competing energies that is causing mm. most of the tension at this time of year because we've got this seasonal ramp up or yeah. some people the commercial ramp up in the business it might be your busiest time of year it might be sales season it might be mm. for some of you as I know it is for you like the year end coming and yeah. that, that creates a whole sort of ramping up pressure and yeah. then that on the other side is balanced with this instinctive wintering I think that as as mammals we go through Oh my God, I just, I can't stop eating. <laughs> I literally cannot. I was so, I was so happy coming out of the summer holidays and I was, you know, I was doing a bit of fasting and I was feeling amazing. Yeah. And I'm just finding myself, I just can't stop eating. And I just want to eat cheese and carbs and sugar and I don't want any fruit and I don't really want any vegetables. I just want... Yeah. And coffees and hot chocolates yeah. and yeah, I mean the wintering thing is real, isn't it? It is real, and I think you know naturally seasonally the gardens are being put to bed, nature's slowing down, it's drawing back its energy, it's not as productive. The light goes. Uh, I mean, we all know this. The light goes earlier, and that prompts us very. You know, we are so in tune with with nature and the seasons, whether we acknowledge it or not it prompts an introspection, a drawing in, in us that is a primal force. Yeah, it's primal. We obviously can't do anything about the panettone. It's no, just it is primal. primal. Yeah, it's been there since the dark ages. Um, <laughs> but I think this is in, you know, our capitalist society is in stark opposition to that. Yeah. And so we are literally working against our instincts. Do you listen to that lovely Fern podcast? No, you would know. love it. Okay. It's with Leah Linders. It comes out once a month, and I was, I was listening to it this morning, and she was saying exactly that: that every instinct in our body means that we just want to hibernate, yeah. but life does not allow that. Yeah. And so she had. I need to listen to it again, but she was talking about just taking a couple of minutes on your own with a coffee to look at the stars. Yeah. And telling your family that you must not be disturbed just for a couple of minutes yeah. oh, that sounded like a good idea yeah but then having the presence of mind to do that because I think the other thing that happens is that this madness creeps up on us and particularly you know I have a lot of clients who have social anxiety or who mm. have challenging family dynamics and they kind of expect the festive time whether it's Christmas or another celebration to be to be a little bit fraught but what they maybe don't appreciate is the latent anxiety of that building starts some weeks or months back mm. and then as a result of that unacknowledged unnamed unseen kind of force we start to make reactive decisions we start to behave in ways even very subtly that start to set us up for a potentially a bit of a nightmare and so I think a lot of latent tensions can add to the madness and we can find ourselves just unconsciously falling into things that aren't very helpful at this time of year. Yeah. And doesn't that also mean that we go into a room spiky so then people react and so then we get these horrible reactions from, you know, and it's just this yeah. 
Yeah. And we might not even be aware of the fact that that's happening. I think largely a lot of this stuff is unconscious. Yeah. And I think whether you, you know, I famously work at home all day on my own. And I, you know, I I don't have a Christmas party to go to. And actually very often I've organised one myself. I don't, I just, I just, I haven't done it this year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't had the appetite to do it. But, you know, there's Christmas parties ramping up, isn't there? And there are, if you've got kids at school, then there's all of that going on as well. And yeah. there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of travel for a lot of people as well. Yeah. And you've also got this this kind of pressure to have an amazing time, yeah, and to make it the best Christmas ever, and to make it the best festive season ever, and to look amazing and have your most beautiful house, and all these other things, mm-hmm. um, which I have to say, for me, come internally. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not shaping that from the magazines. <laughs> That's just I like to do it, yeah. but there's pressure, and it's it's a time of absolute carnage I think isn't it for many people yeah and and the financial pressure that comes with that when there's an external expectation that we don't consciously buy out of Mm -hmm. even the sort of universally accepted traditions at this time of year we can get swept along in them and it takes a lot to just sort of assess and and also now I think with with finances being a lot tighter for a lot of people feel a little bit out of control about that and end up in a bit of a hole you can the the temptation at this time can be to end up like a bit of a hamster on a wheel can't it I mean what do you see the dangers are for you or for your clients at this time of year I think for me I am totally torn between squeezing every last ounce of potential out of this financial year Mm. and my entrepreneurial spirit feeling like that's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and my well-being creative kind to myself because it's been a tough year head saying you're not really going to make that much of a difference in the last 10 days why don't you just focus on the things that are going to bring you joy and not actually skid into the Christmas holidays exhausted Mm. but go into it feeling I don't know that rested is quite the right word, but but go into it a little bit more manageable so that you can come out of the gates with a bang in January. And were I saying this to myself in July, it would be a total no-brainer. Of course, I would just kind of go with the flow. There's something, there's some piece of tension for me around this being the end of the financial year and that arbitrary marker at going down in the sand and and this being you know this being on the tombstone if you like if that was 2023 mm. so I think for me there's this tension of do I dig deep and really I mean I would never do this but really hard sell yeah yeah or do I just go with the flow and what's the right and the responsible thing to do? Mm, and it's interesting because, I mean, I don't have my financial year end at the same time as you, but that pressure, I think, is there for a lot of people. And just knowing that we've set that psychological line in the sand and the impact that creates and also knowing that we can shift that. So for me, 
New Year kind of falls around March, April, not just financial New Year, but also my spring I see as the start of the year for me. So winter is this drawing in and this closing and this reflecting. And that doesn't finish until sort of end of February, early March. And so then I sort of allow myself the new beginnings phase normally in whichever new moon starts the spring off. And I think knowing psychologically or having an understanding of where we've put those psychological barriers will make a big difference. And also what you were saying about restoring and going in rested and preparing, the degree to which we will have to do that will largely be dependent on whether our personalities, our characters, our neurotype, our sort of social orientation means that this time is one that would naturally restore us or not, as in extra social engagements, more time with family for a lot of people. For some people, it's more time isolated. I have less time with the kids Mm. over Christmas and more time with them at the other side. If you're somebody who struggles with social anxiety or isn't extroverted and needs time and space away, the preparation for being foisted upon by relatives or friends or pressure or even just more people in the streets and more people around or having to go out more and drive more and the shops being busier or just the intensity of that season can be a lot for some people so the degree to which we'll then have to pull back is more and I think for you and I we're relatively lucky in that we get fed by all of that social gathering and people being around and creativity and doing those lovely things and it and it does feed us and actually long extended periods of isolation for me are my kryptonite yeah but for a lot of people that will be completely different so I think we need to balance it with the degree to which we'll need to cut back now or slow down now or be more mindful now will depend on you know how far over the edge we're going to get pushed by things largely outside of our control I guess yeah yeah it's very true So what are the particular things in the next, I don't know, month, six weeks that would be melting pots or boiling points of madness that either you or you see your clients needing to watch out for? I mean, there's the obvious just overwhelm, isn't there? The the, certainly for me in the next few weeks. Now I've only got one at primary school and she's in year six, kind of know the drill, but I'm thinking back to particularly pre-COVID, December and all of the costumes that are needed for the nativities and all the things that need to be remembered and the Christmas fair and the Mufti Day and we forgot the Jolly Jar today and, you know, just all those things. It is exhausting at a time when most of us don't have a lot of latent energy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's certainly true for me. Yeah, and I think it's all lovely. It's not anything that I wouldn't want to do. I love mm. all that stuff. But the logistics and yeah. the admin and the things that you have to remember on top of all the other things you're trying to yeah. remember. Whoever decided on Elf on the Shelf needs to be shot. <laughs> like that. I, I <sighs> Yeah, well, let's not even go there with those things. You know, You know I buy out of a lot of that stuff but I think the other thing as well is the anticipation of you know so it's it's the logistics it's the overwhelm it's the additional travel it's the people around for me obviously it's the additional logistics of now being separated from Mike and all of that kind of stuff Mm. and then there's the the intense moments of family interaction and the expectations to manage because if you're used to living in a nuclear I, I wrote an article of 
on this for a client because I'm doing quite a lot of ghostwriting at the moment. You know, if you're used to living in quite a small nuclear family and you have your own standards and your expectations and this is how mealtimes go and this is how days go and this is our rhythm to then suddenly have to host or be thrown into someone else's environment and all of the dynamics that that brings up can be hugely challenging without forethought. It's like, how am I going to prepare myself for this? Does this really affect me? And it's, and even things like one of the things I was exploring in the article is the cultural expectations of family and those micro moments of tension that come up. You know, there there was one example with, um, finishing a family meal and the curt sort of the kids wanting to get up from the table and go and play and grandma going finish your plate you know Mm. that sort of expectation of the the rules that you live by at a family table or what have you and suddenly that micro moment of oh hang on that's not our culture and I'm now in a dilemma of do I support the matriarch of the family or do Mm. I support my kids how do I balance this energy is everybody now feeling uncomfortable you know tiny little things like that but then when you multiply it over intense gatherings of numbers of days there are all of those little moments that that add up to create a a tipping point really when you can just find yourself in the garden shed with a bottle of gin (laughs) yeah and I think the reason that this is making it into a branding and business podcast is because the anticipation of that Mm. is happening now as we're trying to wind our businesses down for the year isn't it yeah and that can fill over unwittingly into our interactions with clients I mean I have certainly noticed and I know that we've spoken about this anecdotally that people's tempers are shorter people's bandwidth is less people's compassion in their communication is less forthcoming oh my word more I mean that is a generous way to put it with some of the stuff that's been coming in recently but people are are less thoughtful about how they go about things and that can have an impact can't it yeah I've received some emails this year you know and they're not sort of complaints it's things like can't access the the password for the resources on the website that's that that level of stuff but the compassion and the kindness and the desire to consider how an email is structured. I mean, I'm not saying take a whole freaking day, but, you know, just, just, just basic compassion and kindness has been in short supply this year. (laughs) I think given the global context, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So we have to work much harder to because it creates in us I think market pressures everything that's going on the fear the sort of yeah even if it's very subtly felt for some people Mm. creates a threat feeling that means that we get our elbows out yes instinctively and it takes a lot to counteract that and a lot more presence of mind and if we don't actively when we know there's all of this pressure cooker stuff happening from things outside of our control and the, you know, this, the social pressure at the moment in this season, particularly, we have to take conscious steps to counteract that. We have to be able to carve out some space to come back to our center and to just decide how we want to be with more intention. It's exactly that, isn't it? And actually, if I think about it, there's, you know, there's been moments in my communication this year where I'm not proud of 
how I've acted, where, you know, where I've seen something that does feel like a direct threat to my livelihood. Mm-hmm. And I've thrown my toys out of the pram. Mm-hmm. And what I actually needed to do was take a moment, gather my thoughts, and then come back in a, you know, in the way that you described in the, the competition episode. <laughs> in the copying episode and to your credit I think you've done that more often than not oh I do do it more often than not but I'm saying I think it's happening everywhere I'm on the receiving end of it and actually if I'm truly honest with myself I've dished it out at least once this year as well (laughs) so we can all like wrap ourselves up with our own dose of compassion so I, I suppose it's being vigilant to the signals that we're not quite moving through this season with the joy and peacefulness that we might otherwise (laughs) like. And what do those signals look like? And and it's probably easier to spot in other people, isn't it? So what do you notice when you're looking at friends, family, clients, you know, or just out there in the world? How do you know someone's just under the cosh a little bit? What do you see? I think a few things come up, don't they? So you you reminded me of when you were talking about, again, in the copying episode, and you were saying, let's just accept it's going to feel like a threat. Mm. So you see people on edge, you see them hyped up, don't you? Mm. Their shoulders are up and they're gesturing quickly. And, and you know, whether that's because they're having a go at you or because they're just talking about something, I think being activated mm. fine. I was with my lovely hairdresser, this week, who's oh, so horrendous, has just had a really hideous bout of food poisoning, which they oh. thought was sepsis, and she's still struggling. And and she actually just looks like a shell of herself. Mm-hmm. It's like all the stuffings gone out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that as well, isn't there? Absolutely. And this time of year, there are a lot more bugs around, or we're more susceptible to it. So illness, and I'm not suggesting that you know, illness is always a signal. Bugs are incredibly virulent and they will get even the hearty of us with the strongest immune systems. Mm. But I think if you're starting to feel unwell or just not yourself, then rather than that being something to ignore at this time of year, it's a signal to rest. Well, maybe rest or just be aware of what's going on. And is there anything else I can do to prioritise boosting my immune system, regulating my nervous system, all of those things that are important at any other time of year. But the the pressure is a lot more, I think, now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what else do you see? What are the key signs? So you've mentioned illness. Um, Well, short temper. Yes. With friends and family, just general tiredness. So we're talking about the thin end of the burnout wedge almost. Yeah, I think so. It is that it is all of that similar stuff. It doesn't mean you're on the road to burnout, but I notice it particularly in shops and things when there's lots of crowds of people mm. and there's this kind of people pushing past or yeah. or holding their ground because you they think you've pushed in the last parsnip or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to them. <laughs> I, I know you hate parsnips. I love parsnips. <laughs> the languid spaciousness that you get in the summer, where everybody's mm. sort of moving a little bit more slowly, and it's all—it just isn't there. 
No, it's it's that every man for themselves. Exactly. Everyone is out for themselves. And also, you know, it's colder, the weather might be wetter. So you've got your heads down and you're sort of, we're in this bubble and we're not, I think, generally, that's not true. It's not that we're not doing it, but I really exquisitely notice those people who are like little beacons of light when I'm walking around and who Mm. sort of are engaging with people or I was I was on the tube into town the other day for a dinner with a friend and again you know elbow to elbow elbow armpit to armpit in this sort of hideous carriage and there was a a lovely young woman reading a book not on her phone which which was really eye-catching to me anyway (laughs) everyone else got headphones on down and they're you know headphones or what have you she was reading a book and periodically I think it was um a Caitlin Moran book actually because I remember thinking and she occasionally she would just laugh out loud (laughs) and I remember reading Caitlin Moran on the tube myself years ago and laughing out loud and not being able to help myself so there was this sort of bond and I grinned at her and and she just grinned back she went this is brilliant you know and it was that moment of sort of open interaction there was a sort of spaciousness and the entire mood of the carriage just lifted Mm. and so you know there are people out there doing that but I think yeah if there was an antidote it would be to break out of the bubble of on my own in my own space and recognize that we are interconnected by the very nature of humanity Mm. and that we can create a ripple and therefore it's really incumbent on us to find that calm and peaceful joyful center in order to be able to do that I think yeah so the big million dollar question is how do we do that? Or how do you do that, first of all? Well, I sleep more at this time of year than I do at other times. So I go to bed earlier, mm. which sort of gives me more capacity and resilience because I, I would get tired otherwise. Mm. I deliberately spend more time in the daylight when the daylight's there. Mm-hmm. So it can be really tempting to be really super productive and keep my head down during office hours, but I deliberately pull myself out and away. You know, actually thinking mm-hmm. about that at the open house the other day at your place, I was so productive and it was it was such a brilliant, comfortable, cosy space to be in and you've lit the fire for me, wow. it was gorgeous. Um, but I thought if my skin doesn't see daylight, I'm going to yeah. suffer. So I deliberately yeah. went out for two quite short chunks mm-hmm. just to get out into that sunshine into that fresh air when it was there and that vitamin d makes a massive difference Um, and it helps with the sleep i think it's this thing that we've mentioned before that we that i keep coming back to is like micro moments of regulation of the nervous system yeah so time and space away two or three minutes to connect with my breathing kick the parasympathetic nervous system back in Mm. and get things in perspective and just pick an intention. Like, how do I want to move through this day mm. moment? Just reorientating myself to have some agency rather than feeling like I'm just being assaulted all the time by any by mm. someone else's agenda or what's going on. So I think it is a moment of calm, of reflection, of reorientation, of re-regulating the nervous system. And I probably find myself doing that more often than not. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And planning in lovely things to look forward to. Yeah. You know, time with the kids. I've got the trip to France, which is lovely. I've got Christmas party, which I didn't do last year, which I'm doing this year, which would be really nice. Yeah. Just those things, I think. Yeah. 
Lovely. How about you? What do I do? Mm. Well, I was thinking back to when I threw my toys out the pram and I was thinking, to be fair to me, I did go for a walk first, a really fast yeah. walk. <laughs> I was so angry. Mm. Yeah. And I I did try and keep walking. And I what I sometimes will do, I used to do this when I was running and I can't run anymore because of my disc, but... I used to run until I felt that change of state. Yes. Um, And the nice thing with running is I could achieve that in about 40 minutes. So it was fairly time efficient. It now takes me 10,000 steps to get to that point. But I do it every single day. And it's such a good point because last Mm. January, we were actually quite lucky. It was actually quite bright and quite dry. Mm. And... um, I felt amazing at the end of January because I'd been outside because I'd had so much vitamin D. So as soon as we've recorded this, I will go for another walk and get my 5,000 remaining steps in. And, you know, like I say, I just want to eat right now. Mm. I just want to hunker down by the fire. I don't want to be outside. It's cold. I'm making myself do it. Yeah, and it's very easy to sort of sit back into that. I'm just going to go gently. I'm just going to snuggle mm. up and and not make the effort. And to a point, that might be absolutely what we need. And I have to be quite vigilant about that at this time of the year. And I'm lucky that my other half is like a, a force of nature with his will to just keep doing stuff so he's the polar opposite of that sort of go slow regenerate Mm -hmm. space but I do have to consciously remind myself that I will feel better for having got up and gone to the gym and run and been out there and the struggled through the cold or I will feel better when you know I my my morning you haven't got three stone to lose in January you well well, that's true yeah (laughs) but also like my daily showers in the summer like turning the water to ice cold is really easy in the summer yeah but yeah because I know that 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 at the end of my showering routine really makes a difference to my immune system to my nervous system Mm. all that kind of stuff is really hard in the winter yeah yeah so I have to I really do have to put things into context and not just instinctively follow that impulse for immediate gratification which I think is another sort of instinctive wintering trait Mm, and to enable like that prefrontal cortex to kick in with a bit of rational thought and a bit of forward planning and go no in the long term you know it's the same thing that gets me on the yoga mat every day of I'm doing this for my 90 year old body not for my 45 year old body but actually yoga for me I'm doing for in the moment really because it's in the moment it helps so much yeah so this is all about moments of calm in amongst the madness so we've talked about the madness being that sort of general frenetic end of term social craziness we've talked about it being all those additional expectations that come with the festive season we've talked about the the sort of the conflict that anticipation of the conflict that many of us face around the festive season we've talked about just the general shortness I think of patience of people at this time and certainly I've experienced that firsthand is there anything else you think that's contributing to this sense of madness or that we need to explore at the moment 
We probably don't need to. Mm. We probably <laughs> don't need to explore it on this podcast, but I will do another one at some point. <laughs> a completely different platform. Mm. The global politics is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and actually, when that comes back into the fore, yeah, then that's going to add to the pressure. So I think the key thing, because you're right, then there's all the, the whole uncertainty and the economic uncertainty. And certainly last year we had that absolute terrifying, you know, cost of living crisis. What's it going to be like? What's yeah. what impact is it going to have on our lives? And I think that's settled a bit I mean the reality is maybe not fun or not easy but at least we know where we stand Mm. so how do we carve out moments of calm with whatever continues to get thrown at us so you're going to record a lovely meditation as a bonus a little guided process that might last just a couple of minutes that you can switch on in an emergency scenario yeah Um, so that might help and you know it sounds a bit glib but Give yourself a mantra to move by for this season. You know, what is it that you can call to heart and mind that will see you through? I haven't quite worked out what mine will be yet. And then stick it somewhere that will remind you of it. So even though you haven't worked out what yours is going to be and and I hadn't even considered that, can you give us an example of what a couple might look like? So, well, I'm just thinking of past ones I've had, you know, when the kids were teeny tiny you know, it was just this two shall pass. It's like creates. Some- I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's fairly well trotted out. You know, it might be a kick up the bum one of like, breathe, you've got this. It depends on what language really evokes it for you. So it's response. It's really responsive to what you're facing right now. So I suppose I feel like I'm not facing anything specific right now. But I would like to enjoy this festive season yeah it's whatever your kindest most caring most encouraging voice would say to you in the moments where it's going to get difficult Mm. so for some people it might be you're not alone yeah you know or you've got what you need just keep going Mm. the things that work for me aren't just words of encouragement but are more words of intention of how I'm what energy I'm going to show up with yeah that makes you know, sense it's like move with grace and be present mm. like whatever it is that moves you and inspires you to step into the best version of yourself the kindest the most compassionate the most joyful the most focused productive whatever it is you need mm. yeah and I, and I think the action and it sounds sort of really potentially quite glib and self-helpy but the action of just trying to think about or just trying to draw out those words mean that we have to do some inner reflection and some communication with our our higher or our more sage sense of self and that as a practice is really worth developing some diligence around because Mm. we don't often tune into that and creating that connection with the wise part of yourself with the sane part of yourself with the part of yourself that knows everything is going to be okay and that you have more resources than you think is useful to get to know if it's unfamiliar to you. Mm, Amazing. Anything else we need to be thinking about? Don't go mad and spend loads of money when you don't need to. Obviously, with the exception of coaching and all of these courses, but like, (laughs) you do not need that plastic piece of crap, regardless of how compelling the advert is, or regardless of how much your toddler is dragging on your legs to get this new thing. You don't need it. I bet your bottom dolly you don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> think of the planet. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Wishing you many moments of calm in the madness, people. Yeah, good luck. We'll see you next week with our review of the year. Thank you so much for tuning in to Style and Substance. We really hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find more information on everything we've talked about by heading to the show notes or by visiting our websites at thebrand-stylist.com or elizabethcairns.com. If you like what you've heard, we'd love a review. We're a brand new show and your support makes all the difference. You can like and subscribe as well as giving us what we hope is a well-deserved five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show too, so please do leave your comments, questions or suggestions for future episodes on our blogs. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.